We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter, at Overtime Ireland, and I am joined once again by Sean Siegel. Delighted to uh, do these shows each and every week with Sean, and uh, really looking forward to today's show as we're going to talk a little bit about best ball structural drafting, which is, I, I think, invaluable when you can get to hear from Sean explaining it to you and sharing that information. It will be based on information that he shared on the rotaviz.com website over the last day or so. But Sean, as we kick off today's show, I do want to mention that we did hit 1,000 subscribers on the Rotaviz YouTube channel on Sunday, which was, uh, you know, it's a landmark. It's 1,000 people. It's not easy to get them to like the content. And we've seen a lot of growth over the last month or so. So yeah, a lot of fun uh, to grow it to that point. And, and then we'll see where we go from here on out. But uh, I want to give a shout out to Sacker who messaged on Twitter. I put a, a tweet out. I think it was Sunday morning. I was like, you know, let's get this to 1,000 today. And we had 993 subs at the time. And I got a tweet which said, just cancelled my subscription <laughs> because I wanted to be number 1,000. So then about two hours later, I, I got another tweet to say that he, he got it. Um, so he was number 1,000. So a shout out to him. Very strategic in his uh, way of doing it. But he did say to give him a, a shout out on the next show and he said that he is following us from Amsterdam so it's really cool to see where the community listens in from I get messages sometimes from people in Australia from the UK from America obviously it's I'm doing a show in Ireland Sean's in the US and then we have listeners all over the world which is it's pretty cool and sometimes it's not until you get a message like that where you're like wow that's it's pretty unique so yeah thought I would start off the show that way but Sean how are you today as we get ready to, to kick things into gear good good it's fun to be at a thousand i think that's due to your fantastic work and obviously having the the flagship guys do some shows on there you've done some best ball pods uh with zachary Kruger, and obviously guys like michael dubner and connor o'driscoll have been working on the the best ball content with i think michael connor and zachary are three of the best minds in best ball and so to have them on the shows has been absolutely fantastic listeners are getting a real treat there and then 
Obviously, a thank you to Ben Gretsch as well for all the great work he's done with Stealing Bananas that contributes to that YouTube content. But, Colin, these podcasts have been so fun for so long, and you've brought in that great uh, worldwide audience, obviously, starting this up as Overtime Ireland. Folks know they can still reach you there on Twitter and uh, get this message from Amsterdam. It's really cool. I had a chance to visit Amsterdam a few years ago. It was just off of a transatlantic flight, so I was a little bit jet-lagged slash completely gone. We did a fun canal tour and immediately you know you get in the boat you're on the water everybody falls asleep in the the nice afternoon sun but beautiful there lots of cyclists if you're a tourist and aren't exactly familiar with what's going on you got to keep your head on a swivel you don't want to walk out in front of someone but just a a beautiful city and, and so cool to know that we have listeners over there and obviously always appreciate the strategy being subscriber 1000 so sort of fun note to start the show and, and call them Blair Andrews and I have been drafting in the FFPC Superflex Best Ball Tournament, and this is so fun. Listeners know that, that Ben Gretsch and I did a live show of this for Stealing Bananas, but this tournament the FFPC has out, I think it's going to be even much bigger next year. I don't see how they're going to be able to keep it to this current size. People just seem to be loving it. Yeah, best ball has really exploded over the last 12 months in particular. Um, the, under, the underdog team have done a great job promoting their game, and obviously the FFPC have been fantastic for years and years, and we love playing on both platforms. So it's just fantastic to get the competitions and the tournaments growing and growing, to get the options for people growing and different variations of scoring, different variations of prize money i guess we'll say as well because when there's more interest the prizes get bigger and when the prizes get bigger it really whets that appetite and we had that second place finish last year over at the ffpc so the appetite as well and truly the hunger is there sean to, to go one better this year but you did talk about the Superflex best ball tournament in your recent piece up on rotaviz.com and also the importance of structural drafting which is a major influence to all our drafts and uh, trying to, to scoop up value to build that tournament winner the uh, superflex draft sean is 35 dollars over at the ffpc if you're jumping in there so when we play in the best ball tournament those entries are 125 dollars, so a little quite a bit more expensive but this is another way to dip your feet in over there and uh, those leagues then are tight end premium so exciting stuff but when you've done these drafts over the last uh, couple of weeks last month or so what are some of the edges that you're finding um that listeners need to know about the first thing that we talked about in the draft with Ben is that we have this very strong start if you go QBQB, right? And that's not a surprise. One of the things that is surprising is that the win rate, even just with two quarterbacks total, is higher than you might guess, right? You can start QBQB, you can go with just those two QBs, a little bit like a hyper-fragile running back start in a more traditional format you can add that third quarterback on later and either of those things will work but the situation that ben and i had was that we were at the 111 and kyler murray made it to the 110 didn't get to us it would have been a fantastic value on him in that range we're going to talk about a draft from a listener on saturday who selected kyler murray in the middle of first round i think that's a very good selection as well with all of those quarterbacks being gone, we decided to go with Christian McCaffrey. And then when it wrapped back around after Prescott and Brady went at the turn, 
we selected Jamar Chase. You get those two elite starters. Probably was a good argument for selecting Travis Kelsey there, but Chase just a little bit more fun this season. Now, the thing that we talked about is that if you go with your QB1 after the first two rounds, the win rates really drop. And so then you need to sort of be aware of the approach you have to follow from that point. So one of the things that I thought was kind of fun about doing this draft with Blair and talking about it from the perspective that we did on the site in the article was that you and I had done this show on structural drafting last week. And our draft then I thought was this great example of situations in which you want to follow the structure and situations where you might want to get away from the structure, take a detour because you get this great value. And Colin, obviously one of the things that we're starting with here and can explore in these slightly different formats is the Rotoviz FFPC Roster Construction Explorer that will let you really do a lot of investigation as to what works in these contests. So when we look at the Roster Construction Explorer, it's going to give you the different information around what you're going to be drafting into with a running back. And those first picks, for example, you had the third pick here, you go Jonathan Taylor. You did talk with Ben on Stealing Bananas about drafting uh, at the 111 and taking a running back there because the elite quarterbacks had gone off the board. So in this option, you can't have Josh Allen, you can't have Patrick Mahomes, you can have pretty much anybody else that you want in that draft, but you do go with Jonathan Taylor. What was the reason and at that point for not leaning towards one of the elite quarterbacks and, and did the roster construction explorer impact your decision in that? So this is a, kind of a tricky one because we did want a quarterback and it would seem to make sense to take a quarterback. And yet this is the sort of ADP that Taylor has. We got there on the clock. These two superstar quarterbacks are gone. We do feel like there's a little bit of a tear break and we just Colin, we couldn't resist, right? Jonathan Taylor is so good. We had a show on Taylor. There's an article up on the site where I talk about how he's primed for a peak Ladanian Tomlinson type season. The more that we find out about the Indianapolis Colts and sort of what they have planned for this year, the more I think that that's the case. Now, obviously that's the upside scenario for him. There are plenty of scenarios in which he performs more or less like that last season, Obviously, there are scenarios where he performs like that without all of the big plays. And then there's the scenario where he gets hurt. So you're not necessarily going to trap him and just say, okay, we've got peak LT and you're going to score all of those points. But we know we want to have a lot of Taylor. We know that in other formats, you're probably going to have to have the 101 most of the time in order to get him. And we look at the results in the RCE and we see that this combination of early running back, early QB is also very effective. So this is basically the perfect format for both the anchor running back and the anchor quarterback. We put these two together, and if you go with a two-quarterback or three-quarterback build, then you're going to win at almost an 11% rate. Also have some very good high scores in there. Both of those things are important for winning the tournament. And so from that perspective, we wanted to give a little bit of a different look here as well, kind of see how the draft would then develop other choices we might have. And the thing that we were really hoping to have happen would be for Derek Carr to come back to us. And that did occur. Right. And so the first thing we were looking at there is this idea of 
how do we get the anchor running back? Are there scenarios in which we actually really like the QB in round two? Can that player be the focal point of the offense from the super flex perspective? Last season, Derek Carr throws for over 4,800 yards. He averages more yards per attempt than three of the four quarterbacks who threw for more yards. The real fly in the ointment with Derek Carr and something that you have to ask yourself in terms of his upside is that those other four quarterbacks threw for 37 or more touchdowns. Carr only managed 23, right? What we're hoping to see is that Devontae Adams is going to come in and change that calculus. There are some other cool stats on Carr in the Advanced Stat Explorer. He's up there near the league lead in terms of catchable passes. I thought it was interesting that only Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow, someone who's going very early, Joe Burrow, uh, a a big, I was going to say fan of the show. He's not a fan of the show. We're a fan of his. He may be a fan of the show. He might be a fan of the show. You never know. He's the only quarterback out there with both a higher percentage of catchable passes and a target depth that's higher than Carr. So someone who is getting more catchables while targeting even more aggressively down the field. We know that Burrow really came around in the second half of last year with all of those weapons. And Colin, the weapons that Carr is going to have, especially if these guys stay healthy, be very, very different, right? We talk about him for willing his team to the postseason despite Darren Waller only playing 83 snaps over those final seven weeks. He now has Waller. And Waller, an interesting play for 2022 in his own right. There's a little bit more of a potential Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey dynamic to where Adams and Waller are than I think maybe those guys are getting credit for, right? And we've moved down Adams after he gets away from Aaron Rodgers. That makes sense. Aaron Rodgers probably throws the best ball in the NFL, you've got that rapport that they had already built. Some of those sideline passes, frankly, just seem miraculous. He's not going to have that. But Derek Carr, a better quarterback, I think, than people realize, right? And so when we're looking at who could be the 2022 Matthew Stafford, Carr, to me, would be in that conversation. He also has Hunter Renfro underneath, and we know how Josh McDaniels has used that type of receiver in the past. These three guys could give Carr the ability to dramatically outperform and be really the scoring equivalent of a quarterback who went in the first round. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how that rapport develops. You mentioned Rodgers and Adams, but there is the connection from college, and I think you're very much spot on in the fact that Derek Carr is underrated among most people probably watching uh, the NFL. You know, for example, in this draft, he does go five spots after Kirk Cousins, and, you know, I think a lot of Kirk Cousins' value is tied to his wide receivers, particularly Justin Jefferson, but Derek Carr now has got arguably the best wide receiver in the entire NFL added to his offense over uh, over the, the spring months. So I think he's in a really interesting spot there. You mentioned that he was potentially this year's Matthew Stafford. The actual Matthew Stafford was selected one pick before Carr. Then the other player that was selected after him was Mark Andrews. And obviously this is tight end premium format as well. Matthew Stafford, if available, is Carr still uh, still your pick there at quarterback? And was there a point where you may have gone non-quarterback with a Mark Andrews at that point? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Carr would probably still be the QB. And one of the reasons is that you can get Devontae Adams wrapping back around. You can get Hunter Renfro a little bit later. You can get Darren Waller a little bit later. I don't like the prices. I mean, Cooper Cup has gone in the first round, as he should go, right? So you're not going to get him for your team. I don't like the prices on the rest of Stafford's weapons. So if you do want to pair up your QB with a couple of these other guys, then that factors into a little bit. I think that Derek Carr is just going to outscore Matthew Stafford. I think that his weapons are better overall. The Cooper Cup right there, you know, making that push with Devontae Adams to be the best wide receiver in all of football. And obviously he's already established that with Stafford, whereas you know, we still have to see what Carr and Adams can do at you know, the NFL level, you mentioned they were collegiate teammates. The interesting part here is that I think we're going to get that dynamism from Waller and Renfro. I also think that we're going to get shootouts in the AFC West. Now, that same thing could be true in the NFC West. These are the two best divisions in football. And so from that perspective, you're getting a little bit of, you know, just that extra boost from knowing these teams are going to have to score a lot of points it's going to be difficult for the Raiders especially, but even the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions, to go out there and control the ball. We also did see them actually try and do that down the stretch last season when Stafford was struggling. He may be a little bit healthier again to start 2022. Might be more explosive like he was in the first two-thirds of the season, but you know maybe it's just the, the contrarian element, but I think that Carr has upside even beyond what we saw from Stafford last season. Yeah, and Stafford, as you mentioned there, did fade a little bit down the stretch. And what's interesting in this as well is, you know, you mentioned there Cooper Cup. And interestingly, in this draft, the drafter who picked Cooper Cup in the first round also got Devontae Adams in the third round. And that's going to lead to a question I have on your third round selection because you touched on the possibility of, you know, getting Adams after you picked Derek Carr. But yeah, I think like, you know, getting a two round discount on. Devontae Adams versus Cooper Cup, for example, feels like a real bargain, even in Superflex formats, versus you know what the expectations are for these guys to score throughout the season. But you did mention Derek Carr and the possibility of getting some of the stacking options with him. In the third round, you did have an option to take Devontae Adams. You did pass on that option, and you did select 
Derek Henry. So you've started Jonathan Taylor, Derek Carr, Derek Henry at that point. Was there a reason not to go with a stack there at that point? Was it the cost of the overall opportunity to do that? And then what went into the selection of, of Derek Henry at that point? One of the things that we were sort of looking at in this draft was the possibility of taking a lot of values as we saw some of these players start to fall. So Derrick Henry has this ADP around the 211. We select him as a 303. That's not a, a huge gap, right? We're not looking at Derrick Henry there and saying, okay, we're going to win because we got him a couple of spots beyond where he normally goes. But I do think that in these big tournaments, you're looking to put together teams that might be a little bit unique on top of stacking the very most elite talents and Blair and I talked about this a little bit. We both agreed that it probably would be our only share of Henry this season. We're not drafting him in the first round of regular formats. This is another advantage, I think, of playing some formats that are a little bit more unusual. You can get teams and you can get players that wouldn't fit into your other draft play. And I, I think that's kind of fun, right? We're not necessarily trying to completely ignore players that just don't make tactical sense in the format that we play the most often and so this was just a very fun spot to get this running back in we look at this tournament as well the wide receiver is going to be a little bit less valuable you take that super flex spot and that removes a normal flex one of the things that we talk about all the time is that fantasy football is basically about the race to fill the flex or to win the flex position flex wins championships has been one of our mottos and when you have the two flexes you have this wide receiver position that scores more points you really have in most ffpc leagues basically even though it's two two and then two flex it's really two running back and four wide receiver right and you can get even a few more of those benefits in best ball where you have the optimized lineup and so loading up with these high powered wide receivers can give you these super teams you take one of those flex positions away and you make it a position that mostly is going to be filled by the quarterback. That won't be the case every single week, but that neutralizes the wide receiver just a tad bit. And then you go and look at, well, what are some of the things that will win you your league? What are some things that will win you the overall tournament and having the highest scoring players in the postseason? is a big part of that a guy who could be one of those players would be derrick henry we talked about henry and taylor being number one and number four in expected points per game last year they were number one and number three in points over expectation anytime that you're going to put that kind of elite volume and elite efficiency together then i mean that's where fantasy points come from right and those are the two components so if you were at the top of both then you obviously gap the field. And so we have Henry at 24 points per game. We have Taylor just under 23. And his advantage over the RB4, now Austin Eckler is in there in between, but his advantage over the fourth best running back is more than four and a half points per game. If you have both of those players on your team, you're off to this very fast start. Now, we don't necessarily expect them to score at that level again. We know that you're going to have these different regression possibilities. But as we talked about with Taylor, there's also this possibility that he actually has one of those seasons where you build beyond that. Henry has now thwarted expectations for three consecutive years as he continues to drive that point per game up. The unfortunate thing last year is that he got hurt. We don't know how he will come back from that. He is getting up into this range where backs who have gotten hurt then 
no longer are the same player even if they're quote fully recovered from that injury when the next season starts so it's not that this isn't without risk but any, any pick is going to have those risks you're trying to figure out what the upside might be to take a risk on that particular player as opposed to somebody else who have similar issues and so we were really excited to get these two guys together in part because of uniqueness and not necessarily even uniqueness within the tournament but uniqueness just for our individual lineups i mean when you draft a team with blair andrews you can often get into the double digit rounds and don't have a running back yet so to have this rb qb rb start was sort of fun and then column what happened next made it i think even more of a good selection in that we were talking about in a perfect world justin fields would come back to us now his adp is sort of at the beginning of that fourth round for him to get to the 410 would have been unusual but we did have a wide receiver who normally goes to the 401 who for, who fell to us all the way down at the end of the fourth round and that made it easier to have passed on Devonte adams yeah and i think it probably when this pick was kind of getting closer and closer i'm sure you thought that it was never going to reach back to you but you mentioned you know it's a unique start here for the ffpc tournament but it's a very unique start for blair andrews to have those two running backs in there but uh yeah fun start with those guys and you touched on how to build uniqueness into the roster by having Derek henry and christian mccaffrey paired on one roster just a, a quick tease i have a show coming out over the next week or so i record a tree evergreen podcast with connor o'driscoll who did win the ffpc best ball tournament last season they will be coming out over the next couple of mondays on the road of his best ball show podcast feed um, and we talked a lot about how to build in those unique elements to your roster with i kind of without kind of moving out of structure too much so um check those out when they do drop make sure you subscribe to the road of his best ball podcast feed but what happened here sean is debo samuel lasted all the way back to you at that point and just for people listening and mike evans did go a couple of picks before that then leonard Fournette, then saquon barkley but we had you selected debo and then tyreek hill t higgins jalen waddle went off the board after that so some real interesting wide receiver value at the back end of that fourth round into the early fifth round and obviously i'm going to let you talk about debo samuel but you also then got trevor lawrence so you mentioned justin fields went off the board no other quarterback was taken then till the 503 where you took trevor lawrence who didn't have a good rookie season it was a very poor rookie season we've talked about it a lot the jaguars really did struggle in 2021 there's a lot of reasons for that hopefully we we see him step forward he's somebody who still has so much talent that I'm really hoping the things work out for him in 2022 and beyond. But you did pair that tree start that you had with Debo Samuel and Trevor Lawrence. And I think that really starts to make true five rounds a really fun roster. It does. So we get Debo there. That's an absolute gift. The three wide receivers who come right after him also, I think, very exciting players just regardless of format you mentioned Tyree Kilty Higgins Jalen Waddle those were really the three guys we were looking at we were also a little bit interested in Brees Hall to have that sort of hyper fragile start at the running back position draft Hall there and then you're more or less not going to take a running back until late late in the draft so to have the four guys we were kind of looking at go in the interim was disappointing but it did then push us back to Trevor Lawrence as you mentioned and Lawrence really isn't our guy I don't have him in any other drafts to this point but it's another opportunity to take that value right so his ADP is at the 403 we selected him 
a full round later at the 503. Even there, we're kind of skeptical. I don't think that he should be going quite as early as he is, but you do have some elements that are encouraging. They add Christian Kirk. We've got a great article from Blair on the site around the time that that happens, sort of your normal free agent reaction piece, except if Blair writes it, you know, there's going to be a lot of cool actionable stuff in there that you know you want to check back in on from time to time to see how you think this is going to play out in the 2022 season. He's massively overpaid, but he's good right now. He's not a star. And the problem that the Jaguars have is that they don't have any individual player who's going to dictate to the defense or make the defense come out of what they want to do and adjust their game. But you do have a variety of weapons. You have Kirk, you have Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault. It'll be interesting to see what this addition of Evan Ingram does. I think that part of it has flown a little bit below the radar for both reality and fantasy, but that could be interesting. Ingram gets a little bit of a fresh start. He's in a situation here where the head coach probably takes a little bit more advantage of him. If he can stay healthy, you know that could be the piece that helps. And you also have Travis Etienne. So you don't have stars, but you have a lot of different guys that are going to be able to attack with a wide variety of plays, different routes, different target depths. We'll get to see what Trevor Lawrence can do. He came out of college at, you know, with the hype that was really similar to Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. Probably didn't have that substance, but we do see the big arm. Obviously, he did some impressive things right from the get-go in college. He's one of these players here, and we've seen this with a few of the Alabama quarterbacks. Obviously, Tua still very much up in the air what he will become but these guys who played with so much talent around them that it makes them a little bit more difficult to evaluate in terms of their own gifts but with that setup with the price in this format and again a fun opportunity to take guys that we're not taking elsewhere we now are on a big streak of players who have been values related to adp we can also then check in with the roster construction explorer and see that this build where we have your second quarterback and your second running back before the sixth round so those two positions doubled up in the first five we're still right there in the structure where you're winning at over 10 and a half percent you have some very high scoring teams the interesting thing again that does show up here is that teams that have just gone with that two qb build have had the most upside i don't necessarily think that our build here with Carr and lawrence is one that i necessarily feel comfortable with just going with those two qbs now we do talk about this element where comfort can be overrated if you want to win and win big you have to number one have the guts to build an aggressive lineup and then number two you have to have sort of the willingness to believe evidence that tells you that having guts actually pays off right the draft continued to develop in a way that we did actually go ahead and take that third quarterback yeah and uh, i think that we'll leave that as a teaser for people to check out the full piece up on the website sean it is a third quarterback in the seventh round you also drafted one of our favorite running backs for 2022 in this draft without spoiling who those guys are and leaving that tease moving forward is there anything else that you want to share uh, with the listeners on today's show the big thing again just that idea of combining the structure with the value with the guts and it, which element is most important in any given draft 
may vary a little bit, but those are the three things that you really are looking to do. There are so many great projection systems out there. We've got some great stuff up on the site now. Dave Cabin has put up the SIM scores for the 2021 season, projecting into the 2022 season. There are a lot of different ways to look at value, but one of the most straightforward things and one of the things that Colin, you and I have done in our drafts that has been very effective is to look at the players who are going to be available in a specific round and figure out who your options are going to be. You're familiar with those. You're comfortable with those. You know the players that you want. If they slide a little bit, you know, obviously, you know that if you have a guy you'd be willing to reach a couple spots for, that if that player also slides, you know, you're ecstatic when that happens. But you have a sense of how you want to attack these rounds and how that works with the structure and how you're going to be getting players without giving up a ton of value as you go through. And that, even more than maybe having these projections with you, is going to be the thing that allows you to put together teams that don't give up a lot of ADP value, have a ton of upside. Obviously, we're prioritizing players who can outperform that draft cost. I mean, everything is really predicated on that idea. How much room does the player have? How many realistic scenarios do the guys have to beat that cost and beat it in a big way, stacking those guys together and stacking them in a way to which your overall structure works and having the guts to do it, right? Because there are going to be some safer, more comfortable players in some of these spots. You get to the end of your draft then and you think, well, I, you know, I just wish I had really gone after it. I'm comfortable with this draft. None of the individual picks were difficult, but it's just, it's not as good as I want it to be. And you don't want to come out of these drafts and say, eh, I mean, this one was okay. Every draft you come out of, you should be really excited about the players you drafted. A lot of that's going to be preparation. When you're on the clock, you want to know where you want to go big and where you're going to take those values. Yeah, and you have to. You mentioned there it's a good way. I was wondering what percentage of guts you need to add into that equation, but I think you really and I keep coming back to this. Something Peter Overset said when he was on with you and Ben on stealing bananas was to be comfortable when it's kind of uncomfortable, or to be you know in that situation. And that's what happens a lot of the time. I think the comfortable pick is the one that at the end of the draft you're going to regret. So make sure you're setting yourself up for success. Um, I did a draft with Chris Spaggs and Zachary Kruger for the Road of His Best Ball show up on YouTube. We live streamed it on Tuesday morning. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday evening, that will be up there, but it'll be up there no matter when you listen to it. But it was an uh, underdog draft. So head on over and check that one out. It was a lot of fun. And there's a couple of picks in there where uh, I think we were swinging far those fences. So um, get on over and check it out. If you are drafting at the FFPC this year, we'll be doing lots more content like Sean's piece. Check that out up on rotavis.com. If you're drafting over at Underdog Fantasy, you can sign up and get a sign up bonus of up to 100% on up to $100. So that will mean they will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $100. And they also have the puppy draft live now, which is a $5 draft. So you can get in and get involved and dip your toes in there. But uh, yeah, underdog fantasy, the code is Rotoviz. And if you are signing up for a Rotoviz NFL pass to get access to, for example, the piece we talked about today with Sean that he has posted up on rotoviz.com, you can get a 10% discount with the promo code RVRadio2022 at checkout. And I will have that article linked in today's show notes as well if you want to check it out. We did tease the end of it, 
We talked through it today with a lot of other good information and graphics up in that piece from Sean. So make sure you do check that out. It will help you with your drafts this season. That's going to do it for today's show. We will be back on Thursday with another podcast and we'll also have our Saturday edition, obviously. So be tuning in for those. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And as always, I'm joined by Sean Siegel. Check out his work up on rotaviz.com. And until we're back on Thursday, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.